We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Welcome, Queen City Hoops readers, Hornets fans, to episode 14 of Buzz Beat, your only Charlotte Hornets A-team podcast over at Almighty Baller Podcast Network. This is Richie, your co-host. Today, we have a special episode in which my co-host Spencer brings on his good friend, John Michael Griffith, to discuss the Hornets, and also they discuss a lot of draft prospects. They had just gotten back from a Kentucky Wildcat game on Saturday. They were able to see Malik Monk in person as he scored 30 second-half points in Lexington against the Florida Gators. You know, one of the better defenses of the nation, even without their injured center, John Egbunu. I'm sure this game sparked the discussion as they talked about several names in this year's upcoming draft, something as Hornets fans we probably need to become familiar with. So in the previous episode, you were without Spencer, but in today's episode, you guys will be without yours truly, me. So, hope you guys enjoy this episode and please rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you. All right. Welcome to special edition Buzzbeat. This is your host Spencer Percy here with a really good friend and a really big Hornets fan, uh John Michael Griffith. We grew up together. You you've you haven't heard him before. You almost heard him we decided to scratch uh, a pod, really an epic pod, I think. <laughs> it, it was. It was epic. It had some flair. It was good. So, anyways, we, we decided to scratch it at the last second. We did it over the Christmas break and decided not to air it. But here we are, and we're going to talk some Hornets right now. And I think it's a really good Hornets conversation following the trade deadline. The trade deadline that was it was a really entertaining one. I think. I, I think it's an underrated trade deadline. It was. There were some moves that happened. Um, it was. You know, obviously the the sexiest thing being the cousins, the cousins move. But there was a lot of you know underlying deals. There were some some deals that I really thought were good. I liked the addition of PJ Tucker in Toronto. I thought that was a good move. Um, oh, so Dallas getting Nerlens Noel and and hopefully building around Harrison Barnes and Nerlens Noel for the future. I, I enjoyed that. It was a good trade deadline. It was fun. It's it will at least what I always look for out of a trade deadline is 
are you going to change the course of the NBA season here? And I think it, it did that. And so to me, that's that's the fun of it. That's the beauty of it is that we're going to we're going to see actual results and transitions from the trade deadline. So the horse stood pat, and I think that's pretty much like it's definitely what I expected them to do. And I think the obvious reason is that they're just they're stuck with really shitty contracts right now, and they just don't really have anywhere to go. Um, Michael, what do you in the next? All right, let me present the question this way: in the next year and a half, try to give me, you know, some kind of synopsis of where, or not a synopsis. That's not the right word, but just give me an idea of where you think the Hornets are going, and like what. What is the best case scenario for them in the next year and a half? So basically what you're saying is year and a half, so we're talking about finishing out this season mm-hmm. and then what's going to happen next year. As yeah. far as, are you talking about as far as personnel? Or, no, exactly. Yeah, or, you, you hit on that. And, and let's cover some draft too because I think the draft is going to be a big deal for the Hornets this year. It's it's. That's a sore subject among us. They're going to be, among I our mean, fan base right now. Unless they really strike a, a strike a balance here, which it doesn't appear they will, they're going to be in the lottery. It's and this yeah, is a strong it's, draft. It's, it's coming, and this is a strong draft. This is a draft that all right. So give me we've been talking about year and a half, one year and a half. Give me just give me like what you think's important. I don't want you to like predict every single. You know, aspect of the Hornets the next year and a half, but just give me some things that come to your mind. They're going to be, they're definitely going to happen for the Hornets the next year and a half, and they're definitely going to be important. Well, I think it's it's kind of cliche to say in this in this NBA, but I think that you need <clears throat> to obviously address. There's a shooting issue there, and there's a second unit issue there, and every good strong NBA playoff team has a second unit they're comfortable putting on the floor, and at least. You know, some second units can go out and make up ground, but you're and, and you're but you're at least going to hold on to what your your first unit's done, right? You're gonna at least, you know, not not give, not give up anything, right? When that second unit gets on the floor, so there's an obvious shooting issue there. Um, man, the Hornets are just are just interesting. I think you need to address that probably first and foremost in the draft. Especially if you're going to keep Michael Kidd Gilchrist, I mean, you've got to put guys who can knock it down around around that kid. It's interesting. We were talking about this earlier. His age. He's so young. I'm not. I'm not. I know. I know he's not necessarily super popular among Hornets fans, but the guy serves a purpose. He's a good. He's a. He can be a good piece on a team. You just have to have the right guys around him. I don't think our roster is built for that at this moment. So we need to address a shooting issue, and then we need to add add some depth. It's through the draft. Right. Yeah, through the draft. I mean, but who? It's a strong draft. It, even though it's strong, I think it's still top heavy. I mean, obviously, there's guys out there that you would covet. You, you're, you would think you would covet. Now, I would say not show and Jordan covet. Yeah. What everybody else thinks. I would say every draft is top heavy, though. No, that's 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 fair and that's true because, you know, you're gonna have guys who stars. are gonna make more of an yeah. impact than others. But there's a way to draft smart, you know, and, and try to maximize out your value and whether that. And that can include, you know, not drafting somebody, making a move. Do you think that um, which we should have done with Boston? I mean, obviously we know this, but yeah, we we made a. It's just yeah, that's, I mean, I don't. I don't Frank Kaminsky's serving a, a purpose. It's not necessarily efficient. Talk about Frank for a second. I like Frank. I think he's a. You know, he's a 
he can be a good NBA player. He's just I feel like the Hornets are almost trying to like revolve an offense around him at the moment, and it's just strange. To it's gonna be hard. It's just strange. It's gonna be hard. I don't so, get it. I mean, my, he, he's capable of hitting shots and stuff. He's not a great defender by any means. He can rebound the basketball some, but he's just. I mean, if you're getting 23, 24 points, that's fine. But if it's off 16, 17, 18 shots, I'm not sure how fine that is he can for re- Charlotte. Yeah, he can rebound the basketball because Charlotte <laughs> plays a shell yeah. type of defense where they really he serves a purpose really, in a really shut off the paint. And... He serves a purpose in a Clifford system. However, think, I'm not well, sure that that's yeah. something you want to hang your hat on I think, I think he, for the know, future. Here's, here's the... There's there's a serious like dichotomy about Frank Kaminsky because yeah. I don't know how good of a player he actually is. Yeah. I mean, I know he has a ton of skill. Um I think he shows it on offense in a game like they against Sacramento, like he played really well. Sure, and he was um, efficient. That's not always the case. I think he's fifty percent right. from the floor today. But you know, like for Clifford, it almost may it almost I don't know. I'm just not a I'm not a Clifford offensive like protagonist. No, I, it, I think it's hard. That, it's yeah. hard to be right, and and um, I think Frank Kaminsky makes Clifford look like this like new age coach that he's really not. You know, Clifford's definitely a defensive coach, and that's where my biggest question comes in with Frank Kaminsky is like I just don't think like with the team that is going to be defensive minded. <coughs> bless you, thank you. Uh, and, you know, and it's gonna like that's going to be Clifford's team, right? Like they're going to be defensive minded from would, the onset, you would like. Think- I don't know where Frank Kaminsky really fits into that scheme. To play on what you just said, there's nothing worse than being an NBA team without an identity. Mm-hmm. In the league, you have to have an identity. You have to have something that you can hang your hat on. And for Clifford teams and for the Hornets, that's been you know defense. Um, but yeah, like like you said, I'm not sure that he's you know. He's what you need offensively there. Well, I mean, look, he adds serious offensive value because he stretches the floor and he allows the horse to play five out and he makes life easier on Kimba and really he just makes life easier on everybody else because there's a shit ton of space. Yeah, you um, got to be able to space. Right. You know, Obviously. So he we just know creates all this space for people to operate in. Um, but on the defensive end, which is where Clifford is known as a good coach, yeah. like. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Let me ask you this. I have a serious question for you. I, I went on WFNC earlier in the week, and they asked me to come on to preview the trade deadline. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, Travis Hancock, shout out, my boy, T-Bone. Good guy. Chris, good, good Twitter follow as well. A, a great Twitter follow. Great Twitter and, follow. And Chris McClain, they, they, they do a great job over there. And so I, I came on, and I couldn't help myself. Jim. I, I told myself I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But I had <laughs> to bring. Yeah, I had to bring up the deal that Charlotte passed up uh, with Frank Kaminsky. Now they wanted to ask me well, why can't Charlotte make a deal here at this deadline, and you know, basically, you know, let them prove the roster. Now it seems like what they want to do. Because and hand, I explained to you him, handcuffed yourself. Exactly, and I explained to him what <laughs> they can't. Yeah. Like unless Cho you, gets really, really creative, which yeah. he has in the past. Let's give Rich Joe no, credit. But yeah. but when they turn that down that deal from from Boston, like it 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 was go, always gonna handcuff them unless Frank Kaminsky okay. ended up being an actual you know, an absolute stud. 
And 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 he didn't end up being an absolute stud, and that's not, not a not shocker right to he's anyone. Not, not that he's a bad player, but it's not. But that's why they are like that's a huge look. There's people on Twitter. Bradford Combs is one of them. I love you, Bradford. I mean, I, you're you have a lot of great thoughts, but you're wrong. Um, uh, we absolutely can talk about the past because the past has everything to do with why we are where we are right now. Yeah, it shapes the future. Right. In the in in turning down that deal, is to me I never understand sixty it. to eighty percent of why Charlotte is where they are right now. That's they don't have flexibility because they did none. not take that trade. None, and there's no depth really to speak of on that roster. No, and it's full of bad contracts. And look, I'm not saying that signing Nick Batum last summer was a bad decision, and I'm also not saying not for that, what we gave up that. And I'm also not saying that signing Marvin Williams to the deal they signed him to was a bad decision. It's, it's a questionable it's decision. It's not my favorite decision. No, right. It's more questionable than the Nick Batum contract. It's an easy decision to hit on right now. It's an easy decision to hate on right now because Williams isn't shooting the ball that well. It's you know, the Hornets are reeling and you gotta you wanna as a as a Hornets fan with this built up frustration right now, you need you feel like you need to have somewhere you can point the finger. Here's and, the craziest and Williams part. Williams isn't even is an easy yeah. target for that right now. But here's the craziest part: they can still make both of those deals, whether you think they're good deals or bad deals, and also take the package that yeah. uh, that Boston offered them yeah. and have those four draft picks and have that flexibility. Like they can do all those things as well. Like they can make those two re-signings and have this one. That's what's baffling to me. It's not like these two conversations are mutually exclusive. Like not, not at all. You can like, yeah, you can you, still you, you could have done you, have you could have had both parties. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's it is. It truly is. What to think it just would have added it would have added so much excitement to our process. It would have added hope. I think when people see the Hornets right now and there's nothing wrong with being a seven or an eight seed. Yeah. Which is not even looking like it's going to happen at this point. I don't. I don't think they're making. But it, you know, you're yeah. playing a little better. You're seven, eight seed, whatever. That's fine. Like I get that. But you still want to have a hope for the future as a fan. You want something sure. to be excited about when you wake up in the morning to think. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And and you know you can still have that. But like it's just. And even if you don't do the deal with Boston, I mean, yeah, it should have happened. But I don't understand what was wrong with Devin Booker in that draft. I feel like he could be helping Charlotte right now. To, to Charlotte's defense, I mean, Charlotte wasn't the only team out there not totally believing in Devin Booker, and there's a lot of teams that look stupid right now. That's fine, but I mean, the letting guy... letting him get drafted, what, 13th, 14th, or something like that, right? Yeah, be, it's just, back in the, you talk know. about a guy, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you almost kind of read too much into what was around him at Kentucky, and like, sure, there was a little bit of unknown because of the studs around him in college, but like, sometimes the Hornets have just gotten in their own heads during draft time. They've outthought themselves. They're too smart for their own good, or they think they are. Yeah, and I'm you got a guy in Booker who's just passing the eye test. And I'm not saying that you can just base it off that, but I mean, uh, there's something to be said for when you just watch a guy play and you're like, man, that guy can really shoot the basketball. And I've heard this. <clears throat> I agree with everything you just said. I think it's brilliant. Um, and I've also heard this, and I think it's very, very, very applicable is when you have an owner who starts getting fascinated with players 
Sacramento's like what he did with Buddy Heald, like you know that whole thing, and like oh Buddy Heald, uh, straight for Buddy Heald, yeah. and they'll just send DeMarcus Scott, like it's just send the best that's center stupid. in the NBA and away. You know what people never talk about, or they did at the time, and now they never do. Like Michael Jordan was fascinating with Frank Kaminsky, absolutely fascinating. That's the only reason that that deal. The, the Boston offer never happened is because Michael Jordan... Absolutely. Like, say what you want. I know that to be a fact. Yeah. Michael Jordan wanted Frank Kaminsky. I and you, you you defend it any way you want, but I know it to be a fact. I've heard it's people indi- that I know who know what, they tra- what they're talking about. To me, it's indefensible. It's indef- it, it is... So my point is this. When you have an owner that gets that involved with it, the day-to-day. Talent evaluation part of stuff. Whether or not you're the ex-best basketball player of all time or not, yeah. it's not a good It's not a good business model because the reason I hire a GM is to hire the best guy that can do the job and get out of his way and let him do his job. Absolutely, because and, at the end of the day, you can strong arm, but is that really what's best for the organization? And I'm not, exactly. And I'm not saying that Michael Jordan hasn't gotten better at that. But until he truly lets decision the the decisions be made by the general manager, this is not going to change. Like, what's the difference between Vivek in Sacramento and and Jordan in Charlotte? I don't like. It doesn't get talked about as much in Charlotte, but I really don't think there's that much of a difference because at the end of the day, he's the owner. He gets to do whatever he wants. But and if he's, he's going to insert him, but but if he's going to insert himself into these kind of decisions when he's not the one on the road going and watching these guys and scouting and doing all this stuff, I think that I think that's risky business. Like it's I absolutely don't, risky business, and it's potentially set us on a course of this that you know we could we could smother away in mediocrity, and. It's it's it set us on. A, I mean, we'll never know what the outcome of it truly. I mean, obviously the tangible results that we have, but we'll never know what what could have been because he got fascinated with a stretch guy from Wisconsin who was good in the system and could knock down shots, and he had a great tournament. And I understand that he took down you know the thirty eight no Kentucky, um, but it's just set, it sent us on a path of. Of unknown variables, and it's it's hard to swallow as a Hornets fan. All right, so we've talked about that a lot. The trade deadline has passed now, and the Hornets did not make the deal um, that a lot of people were hoping for. But you know they couldn't make a deal. They're strapped with really bad contracts, and we've touched on all that. Um, let's we're tr- going to try to keep this Hornets. When Jamichael and I get together, you know it's it's interesting because it's not interesting. It's just like what we do. Like we 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 dance on a lot of different kind of yeah. stuff. I've been many. I've been actually really chomping the bit to ask him about this a while. But I want to know now that we're in that draft uh, lottery conversation, and you could see the Hornets potentially picking in the top fourteen. I want to start talking about some guys that you know the Hornets could could be looking at, and and I think it starts with a guy that we saw today. Uh, Malik Monk. I I don't think the Hornets are gonna have an opportunity to draft him, you know, because I think he's just so so good. I I, I think he's the best player in the country. Lonzo Ball is close set. I, it, it's tough. He's special. There's Lonzo Ball, he's and then a there's kid. Malik Monk, and it's 
it's like head and head. But I watched Malik Monk in person today, and holy crap, that guy can really play. He is a he's a stud. When he gets in that zone and he starts deciding he's going to take over that game, he just hurts you in so many different ways. Um, it's it's truly amazing uh, what he's what he's capable of whenever he does get in that zone. Um, he's a uh, He's just a scorer. He knows how to score. Seems like he was born to do it. Um, he's a guy that would be great for Charlotte, right? I mean, yeah, we would welcome that. We would, we would, we would love that. Um, I'm not sure that Charlotte's going to be necessarily in a position to make that pick. Um, that would be nice, but you know, if if that doesn't happen, then it it is what it is, basically. Um, it's interesting this draft because you have to think of you know what you're doing here are you going to you know what do you really need as Charlotte like what are you going to put around Kimba what are you going to put around MKG how are you going to make that roster what it really needs to be moving forward and and, and are you even capable of of doing that you know with the draft pick that you maybe will get. I mean, who knows what Charlotte's going to end up with. You're thinking it may be in that 12, 13, 14 um, range. Um, here's a guy that I'm going to throw out at you that's very interesting. And there's a lot of unknowns about this guy, but he is somebody that maybe nobody's seen, you know, maybe some of these listeners haven't seen nationally. And he's here's a name. Justin Patton. Yeah, the kid um, from Creighton. From Creighton. I've heard nothing but good things about him, but I haven't seen him play. That he could, you know, maybe do something. He's going to be yeah. a guy who's going to be right around there, fringe 12, 13, 14 pick. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously you just added a Plumley to the roster. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, draft Patton because of it, but he's got a lot of upside. He does. Um, Tons of upside, I've heard. You know, he's he's raw, but he's he's bouncy and he's lengthy. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's actually at one point in this season, I know this to be true. He was seven of thirteen from three. Yeah. You know, I'm not falling in love with the idea that this guy's going to become small a sample size. Four still, he can sure. obviously shoot it. He can hit a shot, can, right? I mean, there's plenty of guys that go their entire college careers and don't even attempt seven threes. Right. So you know, there's a name. Um, here, here's a guy that we and we talked to Brian um, Geisinger a few weeks ago. He's a Sports Channel Eight guy. Have you ever looked at the uh, the GIF recaps? I have not. In the ACC, you have. Oh today. yes, you've sent me that. It's great. It's beautiful. Every it's, week, it's really well so done. Brian Geisinger. Yes, I do is, know exactly is one of what you're the. Uh, about. He's sure you've shared that with me. Shout out. He's one of the uh, architects of those. Um, he was telling me a little bit about Jonathan Isaac, and I think Florida Jonathan, State. yes, and I think he's a he's actually top seven, I think top seven in Chad Ford's most recent uh, mock draft. He's a very interesting guy. Have you watched him play? I've seen a little bit of him. I have, admittedly, not not seen much or probably even enough to to really evaluate. But I do know that. He's an interesting prospect, and there's a lot of people out there who think that he's going to make an impact in the NBA. I think he's definitely going to make an impact, and Isaac is one of those guys. God, he is freakishly long. He is. He's and he's got some 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 many ways about as much as I do right now. Like, but yeah, 
But when that guy, like, fills into his body, like, if he gets to 200 pounds, holy shit. Like, Jonathan Isaac is a guy that everyone should keep a, an eye on. He has the skill and the offensive game of a guy like Kevin Durant. You know? And yeah. So, well, I, I shouldn't may, say that. Maybe pushing it a little bit. But. He does not have the dribble game no. of a Kevin Durant. But, you know, but he has every shot. You know, he he has the basketball IQ. He has the the shot blocking ability. Sure, there's flashes. He, oh man, I'm telling you what, Jonathan Isaac. I I really honestly believe he could be a guy in two or three years who we're looking back and saying, how do how did everybody not know who this guy was in college? It's like, yeah, he, he's he's unbelievably. Talented. I agree with that. He plays against great competition night right. in and night out. Florida State's had an incredible season. They're probably primed for a pretty good tournament yeah. run. Definitely a team that's somehow stayed under the radar nationally. Right, even though they're just. They're doing their thing. They're just chugging they along. They are loaded. They're loaded. They are they're capable. Loaded. They're capable of a tournament run. I'm I think gonna, they're capable of a national championship run. I, no, they I are. It's ridiculous. possible. You know, the, the, it's, that's going to be new territory for Florida State basketball. Sure it is. But it's I it's think unexplored that, waters, but that's the, that's the NCAA tournament. Am I going to be shocked if the first weekend of April rolls around and you see Florida State playing in a Final Four? Absolutely not. It's It's... It's a viable possibility. I'm gonna I'm just it's that part of the season where I'm like, show me four more rosters, more talented in yeah. four states, and it's gonna be exactly. pretty hard for you to do that. No, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I'm gonna throw two more names at you. Potential draft picks and for I Charlotte. Want, I want you because Real you're quick. an SEC guy. Yeah. And then but I want you to include whatever names you're already gonna say. Sure. Um and we got about seven minutes, then we gotta go. I want you to give me a name of the SEC. Because you're an SEC guy. John's a big Kentucky fan. We're in Lexington right now recording this. He's been a Kentucky fan as long as I know, have, have known him. He lives in Lexington, so he knows the SEC well. Give me an SEC guy outside of Kentucky that is someone we should watch. Wow. The Frazier kid, Georgia. That's interesting. It's... Tim Frazier? I don't know Tim Frazier. I think he's a European. He can. Player. Well, yeah. I mean, but if he, I mean, the guy. Too undersized. Yeah. Sometimes so small, so small. there's things, though, when I watch him play that, that he does that I see, and I'm like, wow. That was literally Isaiah Thomas at Washington. He has. Like. A, he will stick a knife in your throat. I've seen. He's that kind of player, you know? I'm seeing. I've definitely seen some of that. But who who's the NBA guy in the SEC, John? Outside of Kentucky. Because they're out there. And I think we might, we might have seen one or two on the floor of that. It is, it is possible. Um, man, I just – in the first round of this draft, though, yeah, I see three Kentucky guys, and I think that might be it from the SEC. Now, I see yeah. guys from Florida that have potential, obviously, today. We saw Allen. I mean, that yeah. kid was a gamer. He stuck shots. He scored – Like Robinson to, could be a potential close to 30, round pick. 30, 30 points. That's – yeah, it's possible. I think Allen's a European player. I think he's a baller, but he just gives you nothing outside of just a volume score. Yeah. And I don't know that he's... I'd have to watch him more, but I think today was just really hot. And I don't know that he gives you more than just like, hey, I got hot today. Yeah, but he's not He's not this like incredible shooter, right? Absolutely not. No, like, I mean, I, he's I streaky. that he's like 35%. You know. Like three-point shooter, which is... Obviously not good enough for a guy who only does one. He's thing. probably streaky. Now here's a name. Okay. That's interesting that I. It kind of skipped over me at first. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know too much about this guy. But there's a kid at Texas A&M. This Robert Williams. Pretty interesting. Big, right? Power forward. Yeah. Yep, yep. He is. 
I've looked at some projections. I mean, I've seen them as high as ten on draft boards. Really? Absolutely. Um, I've seen what, him. What, what is I've special? seen him at eleven to the Chicago Bulls. Um, What's special about him? Because well, you've probably seen him more than anybody. He's a freshman. Okay. So that's interesting. So they got a good. So he's nineteen years old. A good Charles. recruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's what this guy does: he blocks shots and he rebounds at a high rate. What, and what, that is that is useful for team. I'm I'm a big fan of rim protection in the NBA. I think even in today's NBA, you still have to have rim protection. You need a guy who can bolster that back line. More than ever. Um, Teams want to shoot threes and they want to attack the rim. So, yeah. yeah so, a team yeah. looking for defense, I'm not necessarily sure. I mean, the Hornets need everything. So, let's not throw anything out of the window here. But this kid, I think he's, um, he's blocking like three or four shots a game. And it's playing against SEC competition. It's not the best, but I mean, it's it's something. So if you're looking for a name in the SEC, that's a potential name. Okay. That's um, that's the guy. That's if he decides to come out, could be fringe lottery and make a little noise. He's also a guy who could easily slip down even further. But that's that's my answer to that question. Well, it's super interesting. The draft is is going to become. Uh, more and more interesting for the Hornets, and uh, you know I think it's something the fans need to get ready for. I do have because... two other names for you. Oh, we got some more names. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's go. If you're interested, hey, we we got about five minutes, and we gotta go. Two two guys that I think could potentially, if you want to talk about a little excitement for the Hornets, and somebody who could come in and get on a few highlight reels and mm-hmm. and kind of give the Hornets a little edge is Miles Bridges. He's gonna be right there. He's probably gonna come out. Michigan State's probably gonna make the tournament. He's gonna have a chance to. Make a little bit more of a statement on a national scene. Left-handed guy. Left-handed guy. Electric. Mm-hmm. Not the best shooter. He can hit shots, but it's not necessarily effortless at this point. His stroke needs a little bit of work. I'm, you know, Obviously, the Hornets aren't in need of a lot of projects, but he's a guy... I'm thinking... I, it keeps coming back to me on the Hornets that you need guys on the second unit, right? Like You have to have a decent bench in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's a piece to that puzzle. So what do you what do you love most about Bridges' game? Because I I, I just I like him attacking think, the basket. I think we're talking to an audience right now that doesn't know a ton about his game. I don't know a lot I either. I love the way I he attacks the basket. Freakishly athletic. I like it. He goes in with a purpose. When and he, he also has an NBA body right now. Absolutely, he does. I mean, yeah. he's a he's a stud. Tell, tell us his intangibles. Like he stands at what six uh, ten? I'm not. I believe it's yeah, somewhere. Let's look, let's look that up. Somewhere right around there. We'll we'll get some confirmation on this real quick. He's six ten. He's but I mean anyway. Regardless of how tall he is, that guy is like built to like match up with NBA players right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay. So the interesting. He's he's actually six six. Bridges. Miles Bridges is six six. Yeah. It's it's. What? Yeah. It's definitely interesting, and we're not gonna edit this out. This is perfect. This no, it's is why fine. we talk about this stuff, right? Like, yeah, I, we don't. We don't. The Big Ten is total garbage this year, so we don't yeah. watch a lot of Big Ten basketball. Exactly. Wow, Miles but Bridges he's six. He's six 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 six. That, but he's, he's strong. That, he's strong. What? Uh, let me guess. I mean, he's not gonna be an, a guess. guy who's like posting people up. Two twenty five in the NBA. Yeah, six, probably six, probably somewhere around there. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Look, look that up. I'll look, look it up real up. quick. Because that, that makes a big six, difference. He's long, though. Because you you already know what the comparison's going to be. Yeah. No, you do. What is it? You know what it's going to be. 6'6", six, six, 
plays like he plays like he's six ten. From that school. Oh wow, I'm drawing a blank. I, I just think he's gonna draw these Draymond Green comparisons. Oh, very interesting. I you like know what that. I mean? Like, I, you're I mean, right. I just think that like no, people are gonna start saying, "Oh, well, he's that's Draymond Green. Of course he is." That's very possible. But why? Okay, so he's six six, two twenty five. Two twenty five. Okay. Yeah. So that's what. I, so he's huge. He's massive. He just he's a he just plays with an edge. I mean, there's. So he's, basically, he's raw. He's very raw, but like there's there's a guy who could bring some instant spark and excitement to a Seki unit in Charlotte. And I think we, we really incredible defender. We really need that. And I'm really So think about who you're describing though. Yeah. True. You know what I'm saying? True. Like that but but the, there's some I mean he does have in, good intangibles and instincts, but there's I think Draymond Green's a special case. Well, of course. Like w- w- no one really expect but however, that those are the However those Just to say that Miles Bridges, somebody's got to be the next Draymond Green or right. closest to it, right? Right. Why not Miles right. Bridges? So, All right. Look. So there's we, one more. There's one yeah. more name I just need to throw out. Actually, oh, okay. Real quick. Just yeah, one yeah. more. I know we're we're running very short on time here. It's very no, interesting. We gotta go soon. This would fit right in with the Michael Jordan, you know, ACC obsession. Mm-hmm. Former ACC players, if you will. But Justin Jackson is right in your backyard. I love that you brought him up because I have been wanting. And he's going to gonna be him. around there. I have been wanting to talk about him, and he's good. And I'm glad that we're here. He's good. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad you brought he's, that up. He's really. That's a big step. Playing for his you. way up Look, the draft. Let's just talk about this. That's a big step for you. It is. It's a huge step. That's for you. not. When I, Will I, will even confirm that. Will he's talking about a Carolina player who he believes in? That's a huge fucking step. Very true. I'm a Kentucky guy. I'll take the glasses off. I put them on the table. They're they're off my face. They're on the table, okay. Justin Jackson. I, let me say this. Justin Jackson. Hold is, on. Let me say this. I want you to hear this. I'm proud of you. I I really am. For the purposes, I'm for the purposes of this for doing this of this podcast, I'm going to yeah. completely take the glasses off. All right. Set so, it on the table. so I'm sorry. I interrupted. So no, it's fine. Full Justin Jackson thoughts go. What this guy is doing this year, mm-hmm. coming off of screens, catching and shooting. It's showing us a whole different side of himself. It's unbelievable. It's real. He's and knocking his, down his shots. His range is unlimited. Is there a better college player outside of Malik Monk? Who see, knows? See, see the Bulldogs jaw right there. Yeah. Like that's a non. Like it doesn't take much for Justin to just pull it from there. It doesn't. You're and, right. and in the NBA, all of a sudden that makes a big difference. It, outside of Malik, it's contested shots. Outside of Malik Monk, is there a guy in college basketball? Who's better at getting to his spot where he knows he's going to take a more efficient? He gets to his spots. He hunts spots. He's yeah. he's showing signs of like, you know, some really nice things offensively. He hunts spots, and I would also say this, he's a hound. Though. He's an offensive hound. He hunts spots, but like, and Justin has gotten better at knowing where his offense comes from. But like, what I would say is that that kid has become such a gamer. That like he can get his shot anywhere on the floor, and yeah. that's what. And on top of that, he's been playing in the pick and roll for Carolina. That's what I'm saying. And that to me is terrifying. If, if you can come into the NBA and you're adept at using screens to your advantage, mm-hmm. or coming off screens and then reading options or taking shots, it's so big. He's hitting forty percent of his three pointers this year, and he's making two point seven a game right now. Two point seven threes. That's incredible. I mean, for he, for a guy who his freshman year. I mean, he's never, not ever saying he was bad, but like, I mean, he's he's come a long way, and he's a guy that you can't, 
ignore now it would be easy to say oh another carolina guy another dude guy this that or the other but to me if he's sitting there on draft day it's really really hard to ignore so here's your question no there's on the all right and then we gotta move yeah, we got we gotta go we gotta go we've been talking too long um is he the acc player of the year because that league is loaded. Kennard's up there. I think Jackson's is better. Is Bonzi Colson even in that conversation? He's had a good year. Jackson's a better player, though. Let's be serious. That's fine. Yeah, he, well, well, he's got a better future. He, right. But is he a better That's true. ACC That's player? That's true. You're right. I mean... He has a better future. Is yeah, if I'm drafting one of the two, I know who I'm drafting. But Kennard's really Kennard had an impressive has the, season. I, I don't know that I've seen a guy with better footwork than Luke Kennard. Ever. Like, that kid's uh, footwork as a guard, as a wing. It's nice. He's crafty. He He's the craft. And when he, he gets, gets into the lane, he's crafty. actually, he's just, he just moves the ball around until he finds a way to get a shot up. It's it's he, unreal. He, figured, really he figures it out. They Even you have to admit this. The ACC is just ridiculous this year. It's it loaded with ridiculous it talent. Is. Here's it's another the best guy. team in the league. Well, let me just say this real quick. While my glasses are on the table, yeah. this is very hard. I'm going to... I may throw up in my mouth a little bit here, but Donovan Mitchell, I was about to say Louisville that. is an absolute stud. That kid, you know, I watched him play the other night. I don't, I don't, don't go off, don't you, go off the Virginia game. Well, no, because Virginia takes so many guys out of their own game. You need to watch that Syracuse game. He won in that ball game. I know he fouled out, but I mean, so but like, I watched him in that Carolina game the other night. My thing about Donovan. Um, Mitchell, what's it? Donovan? Donovan Mitchell, Donovan? he's six three. Okay. He can get to the basket. He's shooting really well right now. He's explosive. He's crafty. Is he? But he's not a point guard. He is. He can be. You can put the ball in his hands. He might be like a point guard, as in like. So he's a creator. Like, Jamal. Well, not because that's the only way he's, he's a scorer. But what are we point guard? Donovan Mitchell is a sophomore. But what? What are point guards in the NBA today? They're more score for score first guys. I'm looking at Donovan Mitchell, and I'm. I said this the other night. I'm sitting here with Will. We're watching the game. I'm like, this guy is reminding me of Dame right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. That's fine. I, I'm just big on him. It's hard I've for me to say as a Kentucky yeah. fan. I'm actually pretty big on him. I mean, this look, guy. he's a shot maker. All right, right? He's 6'3". He's a slasher. He's, a, he's, he's aggressive. Yeah. Right. He, he's, a, he's a good defender. He's crafty. Like, he has a lot of things that he does really well, but I just think he's... He's gritty. He's I a did. Rick Pitino player. He's great. Yeah. I would agree he with that. He mixes it up. I just don't. I don't. Just don't overlook him. Come draft it. That's a guy who, in a couple yeah. of years, we're saying, man, maybe you know, some people overlook this guy. That's interesting. Now, is that necessarily the I'm best, surprised best you, case for Charlotte? Yeah. I'm not sure. Obviously, it's I'm not, so hard for yeah. me to pair people with Kim in the backcourt. When I think about who Kim needs to be around, it's so hard for me to 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 even like go in a lab and create the perfect guy to be with Kimba. I no. I've already it's created. So weird. No, I've already created him. Who? Malik Monk. I created him. That's the truth. And then I saw him play today. I created him, and then like all of a sudden he appeared in front of well, my eyes. There aren't many today. guys who are scoring thirty points Malik in the Monk, second half of a college basketball. Let me game. say this right now. Let me be on record to saying this: Malik Monk is the best player in college basketball, um, and for so many different reasons. Lonzo Ball is really, really good too, and I really enjoy watching him play as well. But let me tell you something about Malik Monk. That guy has a feel for the game, and I think he has. He has certain things that I think make him. Um, the, it's just gonna last. It's gonna last more than it's gonna last for ball. 
Balls shooting motion makes me really nervous. I'm not saying it won't work. It's the obvious thing but to pick the, on, but it's obvious for a reason. Right, it's obvious for a reason. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people, like, Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer says this all the time, and I just tend to agree with him. Like, there's something about, like, guarding a shot that comes from your chin and then guarding a shot that comes from above your head. In the NBA, you're talking about centimeters like, with getting your shot. You're taught to release the ball from the absolute highest point you can, which is far above your head for a reason. There's a reason you're taught to do that. And one of the largest reasons is it's not guardable. Whether you're 6'1 or 6'10, like it's really hard to guard a shot when you release it from the top. Because when you release it from the top and you're 6'1, well, guess what? When you release the shot, you're 6'4. And all of a sudden, that's, that's really hard to guard. And so Lonzo Ball plays against his own... Like, he, he cheats himself. And we've seen guys with it. these... Yes, I, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. We've seen guys with these um, different types of shot motions. And some of them actually can be successful. Like, look at Leandro Barbosa, for instance. He's got a different motion, but it's fast. It's quick. Mm. Ball does not... It, it's it's very predictable when he's going to let one fly. That oh, could, yeah. That could yeah, be a detriment. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm more in the camp of he's going to be a good NBA player. I don't think he's going to be transcendent by any means. Malik Monk I think could be a great. prolific NBA scorer for a long time. Malik Monk. All right. Let's make comparisons real quick. <clears throat> That's tough. I keep it's saying t- we got to go. He's 6'3". If that guy's 6'6 six, six or 6'7", six, there's, I mean, there's just... Malik Monk's 6'3". 6'3". 6'3". I see him in person. I see him in person. It's wild. He plays bigger than he is. He's 6'3". So, God, he does not look 6'3". He's so long. I know. He's long. He's Which lazy. He's smart. I'll tell you this. You want me to tell you who I think he could potentially be? Is Bradley Bill. You think he's Ray Allen? It's possible. I mean, I think Ray Allen's like a... It's possible. I mean, I, think I was going for the NBA right now, but yeah, I mean, yeah. damn. I, I yeah, I don't know. I just I've always watched Mock, and I've been like Ray Allen. That's Ray Allen. Why not? Like I'm seeing Ray Allen like 15 years later. It's bold, but it's I mean, he is that type of shooter. When but he you gets know, in like that Ray zone. Allen was a little bit under like under. He wasn't a huge guy. Ray Allen was what? No. Six five. Sounds right. I'll, I'll confirm it. You know, he's probably taller than Monk, but, like, Monk just reminds me I think Ray Allen was actually a little... I think he was more... Thinking back on me watching the He Got Game movies, I think Ray Allen was 6'7", 6'8". No. No way. Yeah, not even close. 6'7"? We can't give him 6'7"? No. 6'5". Okay, I'm out of my mind there for a second. It's fine. But I think Monk is Ray Allen. I think he's got more diverse game. And I'll say this. Monk is that... Outside of hitting shots, though, he's not doing a lot for you. He can rebound when he wants, but he's... He's smart. He makes the right plays, but he's not gonna get you six, seven assists or rebounds in an NBA game. So that's why I think the Bradley Bill comparison. He is can there. create his own shot, I think. And but that's, 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 that's what I said to you at the game on. today. It's what I said to you at the game. Like when Kentucky was struggling earlier, I kept telling Jamichael, like, "Cow, please put him in pick and rolls. Like, please let him do that." Yeah. Like, not only do, do NBA scouts foam at the mouth to see that. But I think that's where he could excel. I I agree with that. You saw, with me, him make those two passes to Bam. With no hesitation. And and knowing before that second defender even even 
this hinted is, at the idea. This of is what over. takes Malik Monk's game to the next level. Before he received the ball, he yep. knew where he was going. With He's it. such a high IQ player. You, yeah, he is. He actually really is. It's fun to watch when he gets going like that. Thirty points in the second half of a top fifteen conference championship on the line, nationally televised CBS broadcast, and you're a freshman who goes out and drops thirty points to kind of put a bookend on your season. Because it's coming down the stretch here. 30 points. And you started out dropping 50, 47, 50 on North Carolina in a national game. He's incredible. The kid is incredible. And then you bookend it with a 30 point performance like he had today. See, here's what's going to happen, though, Joe. I'm telling you right now. And I hope I'm wrong. And maybe I am. But I'm telling you right now, people are going to say he's 6'3, his intangibles aren't great. Like, he'll, he'll measure wingspan well. Yeah, that's but fine. He can hop. The fact he that he can hop. I'm telling you right now, the fact that he's 6'3", I'm telling you right now. It's going to push him down the draft board. It's going to push him down the draft board. And that's fine because at the end of the day. And you know what? You're lost. This is a Hornets podcast, Bring him to right? Charlotte. It's, it's exactly push him down, right. Push it, him down 77. If Charlotte push him into the spectrum, Monk. Push like, him I into would, the spectrum. I would center. lose my mind. I would quit my job. It would be. I would be so excited. It would be an exciting, man. I can't express this enough. And a really exciting move for the Hornets. It would really put some excitement into that franchise because here's a guy who is just every time he gets the ball, it's like you're you're salivating. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And, What's going to happen? Let's be real. They need but that. You, you I think they could have garnered some of that with you know, Devin, with Devin Booker. Yeah. They almost. I mean, Monk and Booker are not that different. Let's be real. I mean, I don't... I agree. I think if you put Booker in this team situation, thinking, he would be yeah. so much more like Monk. I mean, the guys that Booker had, are, you never got to see what he could really do in college because you're, you got Carl Towns he, beside you. You have, you know, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. I'm thinking, and now that you have me thinking, I think you're right. I, I don't think they're that much different. They're not. Definite, definitely Monk is more explosive. Actually, Booker's well, better. Booker's better at attacking the basket but, right now. But here would be my question to you: In what way is Monk more explosive? He's just more athletic. He can finish. He yeah. He's more just a yeah. little more. He's got a little more bite when he drives. It's just a little more. You know, I mean, now Booker's. I mean, he's Monk can cock it back and throw it down on you. Booker's probably not going to do that, but Booker will find a way to put it in the basket. But regardless of that, neither one of those guys are going to make a living at the rim in the NBA. So let's just right. forget it. I mean, they're they're going to make most of the, do those, most of their damage outside the paint. So, but it's it's interesting, you know. So I think Charlotte already had an opportunity to potentially get something like that, right? And they passed on it. So would that happen again if Monk falls down that draft board? Is is Michael Jordan going to pass on that? Of course he is. It's absurd. I mean, look at what happened last week. Or two weeks ago. That's, that's right. going to be like the part of the podcast. Everybody's like, oh, this is the best part of the podcast. It's Spencer's just... hating on Michael Jordan. This is perfect. So. Yeah. <laughs> it is too, it's too perfect. But, but, but it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But if I just as a Hornets fan, if I, if I watch this draft and I end it with my head in my hands one more time, I'm just going to cry or something. I, it's just going to be so devastating. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It's just tough. It's a really, really, really tough conversation to have. Um, what I would say is that this has been a really good conversation. Um, is there anything else that we want to touch on? Because we do have to go. Um, we're actually watching a really badass game right now. Gonzaga is on the ropes against BYU. 
Um, anything else you want to talk about Hornets-wise? We had a good draft conversation, and you're definitely coming on the show. Um, when we talk more draft. Because the just, Hornets are going to be in the lottery. You can book that. Yeah, I so. just want them to figure out who they are again. I, I said earlier, there's nothing worse than an NBA team without an identity. The Hornets don't have that right now. It's just... I just want them to at least figure out something that they can really rely on to help them win games and just kind of focus on it. We're just so all over the place right now. I don't want to see Frank Kaminsky putting up 18 shots. I don't want to see, you know, MKG struggling this much. It's Offensively, it's probably going to happen. All right, rapid fire real quick. We're, I'm just going to throw some rapid fire questions on you. Like, yeah, let's end it with yeah, this. You, like have, this. you have to answer it in five seconds. We've got to move on. All right, all right. Let's try, all right, let's Frank try. Kaminsky, future center. Go. Yay or nay? No, not for the Hornets. No. Not for me. Okay, Michael K. Gilchrist, three more years on his deal. Trade him or keep him? You keep him now because of the age. I agree. Period. You can always get rid of him later. You don't want to regret that. Four, okay. years, four years from now, when this guy's in his basketball prime of 27, 28 years old. Okay. There's still room. There's still time. You don't panic yet. Your finger's on the button, but you're not pressing it. Kimball Walker, 2019, same time MKG's deals runs runs out. Kimmel Walker, re-sign him to the Mega Max. Get rid of him. Go. Man, I love Kimba. I don't. I don't. That's the to toughest. To me, he's not That's a Mega Max. To me, he's not a Mega Max. Tough question. Because I'm just, That's and maybe it's just for me because I just, my, I like my point it's guards. It's not fair to ask. It's no, I just, I like my point guards a little more. You know, it's too soon to creative. Ask, but, yeah. As far as you know, obviously, I'm like a big, I'm a big John Wall guy. Not just because of Kentucky, but like I like the fact that he's he's hunting a good balance between his shots and getting other people involved. Not that Kimba doesn't do that, but t- to me, he's not going to lead you into the future. It's hard for me to say that because I really do love him. And not that he doesn't have a place on that team, but I just, yeah, it's hard. But that's, that's, that's my answer. No, I mean, I, I think it's totally fair. Um, do I have another one? Uh, give me one more. Yeah, I'm trying to think. See, the Hornets are locked into all these terrible deals. Yeah, it's hard to. And there's just not much to be excited about right now going on with this season. All right, another question. Another Hornets question. Stick with us. We're not done yet. Um, I don't know, man. I think that's it. I think I think I've asked the questions. We can stop there for now. Yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, Hornets wise? Not necessarily. I mean, it's, and it's. I'll, I'll give you five more the, minutes if there's something else you want to talk about, Hornets. The the way that you abruptly cease the question is kind of like paralleling the Hornets season right now. It's just we're in such a wait and see mode. I mean, it is what it yeah. is at this point. You're what you're seeing is you know what you're getting. It's not thrilling. It's not the end of the world, but. We'll see. We'll see what they do. What just so everyone understands, like the, the lack of depth is just destroying. Yeah, the it, second it, unit is a problem. It is the best NBA teams have solid second units. I mean, look, it's it's what I said on WF and Z the other day. Terrible. Like we're losing so much traction. The second unit is a lost cause. Absolutely. I applaud the Hornets for going ahead and just saying, "Hey, we're standing pat. We're going to ride it out for the rest of the season." Yeah. But here's the reality. You want to if you want to criticize the Hornets, I'll direct you right in the direction to do it. And where you want to do it is saying the Hornets should have re-signed Courtney Lee. 
that was their chance yeah. to stay in the hunt. The the Jeremy right. Lamb experiment. Jeremy Lamb was Jeremy Lamb was always going to get a better offer. I said offer. Jeremy Lamb. I said the Jeremy Lamb experiment is. It's time to move on from that. Oh yeah, 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 Jeremy Lamb. Like he is what he is. Like that guy just wants to take bad shots and wants to hold the ball for like two or three seconds every time he catches it. Yeah. Like that's clear. But like here's the deal. Last off season, Courtney Lee was the guy you had to resign. And I don't care who you hear from. Every expert will say, well, the Hornets were going to have a really tough time uh, fitting Courtney Lee into their salary cap because they were going to be right up against the tax. But guess what? If they fit Courtney Lee, if they go ahead and sign him, they would have still been below the tax apron. And that's all that matters. Right? Like, if you're going for it and you're Michael Jordan... yeah. All you got to do is be under the apron. The when you're under the be, apron, you owe the nobody amount that anything. he would be helping. The only thing right that now. matters is like you don't have this full eight million dollar. You're barely above the cap, below the tax, so you get the full mid level exception. If they re-sign Courtney Lee, they don't have that. What they have is that they're above the tax, oh, sure, but they're but they're below the apron. Yeah, so they get. A little less of an exception to spend in the offseason, but it really doesn't matter because everything we're talking about on the court for the Hornets right now yeah. revolves around that second, you know, that, that, that one bench player that can't, you know, that, that's missing. And, anyways, it is. I, I don't want to go on and on and on. No, on. it's fine. The bottom line of, of all that is your second unit has to be better, period. You want to criticize a move, criticize Courtney Lee not being re-signed. And anything outside of that, I really don't want to have a conversation with you because I think it's stupid. I agree with that. But now I'm just taking out my Twitter frustrations on the podcast, so that's not smart. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Will's here. Signing off. Will signing off. I hope the Hornets aren't signing off on the season, but... <laughs> I might be. I, I hope they are actually. Yeah, it's it's probably for the best. I, I but knowing to. the Hornets, they're gonna figure out figure it out just enough to get an AC. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I hope they don't do that. Hornets Nation, bear with us. It's been good. All right, we're out of here. Until next time, Buzz Beat probably be back next week. But we just want to bring you guests some tonight, and here it is. So I hope you enjoyed. All right, see you. Insurance-minded speeches from Geico. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the Geico app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the Geico app. Look it in the mouth. Get amazing services. Thank you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.